Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. And wow, the opening night of the Eccles Center. Kurt Pester is here. Welcome back, Maestro. Oh, right? it is so good to be here after such a wonderful weekend. And uh, man, I'm, I had had a couple days off, but I'm still uh, a buzz. Well, I, I use the term Maestro because you were conducting so many yeah. beautiful, well, can I say works of art that belong right here in the state of Utah? Yeah, I was honored actually to be a part of it. I, I don't normally normally get to conduct Ballet West. I don't normally get to conduct the Utah Opera. I don't normally get to conduct Rita Moreno and Brian Stokes Mitchell and Megan Hilty. And I certainly don't get to do it all on one night. And that was, that was, I was kind of like pinching myself the whole night. I actually took a selfie right in the middle. Well, and I didn't have a chance to go to opening night because I was getting ready to head out of town. Um, But I wanted to ask you, was, was the whole idea of having all of these performing groups on stage that, that, to celebrate that with the new Eccles Center, we're going to have another way to showcase, a better way to showcase the the, the audio, the sounds, the lights, yeah. the artistic uh, talents we have here in the state. I think what it, what it represented, and I, I worked with producers on this, because they're not from here, but I said, look, this is truly the people's theater. Every other theater has its own group, whether it's a Bravanel Hall and the Utah Symphony, that it, that's their theater, or Capitol Theater and the opera and the ballet, or Kingsbury and all the performing groups there. And this is truly a place that, that it just belongs to the people. And that, that shows from the architecture. When you see the front of Eccles, it's a big window that invites you in or out, depending on which side you're on. The light is so beautiful. It's, it's mm-hmm. amazing. And they leave that open all, almost 24 hours. You can walk over there and go sit inside. You can't go in the theater, you know, except you're going to a show. But the the inside little walking areas, Regent Street now behind it, there's just something really, really organic and cool about it. And I think it's uh, it's kind of the artistic soul of the city. Well, and you said of the people. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, can you give us the history? And I know you were part of the planning yeah. from the beginning. So when did the vision of having this arts and performing center come to downtown Salt Lake City again? Well, to be really honest, it goes mm-hmm. way back into the 60s. When wow. someone did an artistic kind of a study of Salt Lake and said, here's what you need. Well, of course, we had other things happen. And Bravanel Hall came and it suited things for a while. But then um, it started kind of with Mayor Becker when he was the mayor, um, you know, ten, the last eight, ten years. He said, it's time. We have people that come to Salt Lake and they try to get into a theater. And it's like, oh, sorry, the ballet's going. Oh, sorry, Bravanel Hall's booked with the symphony. Oh. You don't have have enough money to go to Vivint, you know, because some people don't want to go to a big hall like that. And so there was actually a void in our city. Then there was kind of this perfect storm of people moving in. You suddenly had all of these, sorry to use the word, millennials coming who have a Subaru, a dog, lots of money, and they want to go out three times a week. 
and and suddenly now you're seeing if you're at Venezuela like much uh, the the apartments are, that are going up it's just blooming yeah and, the urban urban living and yep. the celebration of, yep. of the diversity and the art yep. in the downtown area yeah I, well and what I love about it, it to, to kind of finish this thought about the hall is that the humanities make us human and so while a lot of people come downtown to work uh, you also come downtown to be revitalized to congregate to go have dinner with people you love to go to a uh, a theater production that uplifts you and motivates you and inspires you. And that makes us human. And I think I, I love that this Salt Lake has got that back. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because for me, whatever the performance is, whether I am sitting and you mentioned O'Barbanel Hall, how many years did we have a chance yeah. to sit and listen to your music, some symphonic music, orchestral, uh, bounce off the beautiful walls of a Bravenal. And time stops. For those of us who are in the audience of an amazing performance, you're talking about how it makes us more human. It really, to me, it transports us. Yeah. It just kind of takes you away from the other nine-to-five worries and allows you just to appreciate beauty. Well, that, that, that to me, is the job of the artists of the world. You know, and not, I'm, I'm in the musical arts, but all the arts. And and that is to just uh, to to kind of not not escape from life because I don't think life is work. I think it's to connect us to life because sometimes we think making money and and or doing our job is is our life. No, I think our life is the sum of everything else that is that is creative. And, uh, and and even if you're not in the arts, you're connected to the arts because they are, like I said, they make us human, humanities, human. Mm-hmm. I love that. So with the grand opening of the Eccles Center, there's going to be lots of different musical performance. I've already seen a snapshot, shall I say that, a sneak preview of some of the, the musical <laughs> yeah. shows and performances that are coming. There are great shows. I mean, you've got uh, the Carol King musical that's coming that was really big on Broadway. It's Beautiful. One the, it's one of the first shows that are coming to town. You have things like that, uh, a music productions. Then you have kind of TED Talk sort of thing. Neil deGrasse Tyson is coming to speak. Anderson Cooper's coming to speak. So they're speakers. Jay Leno's coming to make us laugh. And there's this other guy that's coming to do Christmas music in December. Would that be Kurt Pastor? Yeah. It is me. <laughs> okay. So you just had, we were just talking about, for those who have just joined us, again, Kurt Pastor, I'm Rebecca Cressman. We're on Utah Weekly Forum. We're talking about how you had that major conductor role to bring in so many of these performance groups mm-hmm. onto the stage of the Echo Center on Friday night for the grand opening, yeah. grand opening performance. Now, this will be the very first year that mm-hmm. we're going to sit in the hall of the Echo Center yeah, it's, and I mean, have the Christmas. It's year, my, 20, Christmas. my 29th year is this year of doing Christmas shows. How will this change the show? You know, the, well, in some respects, it's it won't change. It's still me. But in a lot of other respects, it'll be fresh and new and it's a new place. So it's something very familiar will be there, but also something very new. Um, just the other night, for example, when we were performing, I noticed lots of people looking up at the ceiling at, at Eccles. They have a star field and they keep it. Um, you can dim it or, or whatever, but it's like being out at Zion's and looking up at the night sky. Wow. So I've actually this year, I've actually written a song uh, arranged a song called The Star Carol and I'm going to perform it and I, I'm going to encourage people to just, I said, you know, normally I like you looking at me, but right now I want you to look up at the sky and just enjoy this next song. So I think one of the things I also love about your performances, 
your Christmas concerts. It's not just the depth of music because it's to me extraordinary. There's so much incredible percussion and then the strings and the woodwinds. I mean, it's just so, it's a smorgasbord. Hmm. I don't know if even that's a complimentary term. But, no, that's good. You know, man. buffet. But it, it's that sense of, of comic relief that you bring in, but also the celebration of the history of this music. Yeah. Often you'll talk about where this came from in world history. What was, you know, a part of that? And, yeah. and I, so this just adds to that experience. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know, it's, um, after having done this for so many years, I decided when a new hall came into town, I said, you know, it's, I want to continue to do this. Being a tradition or whatever word people call me um, can be good and bad. It's like, oh, tradition, it's a wonderful thing. It's a tra- That's the good side. The bad side is it's, oh, yeah, 28 years he's been doing that. Let's go see something new. So I think uh, artists always try to refresh themselves and keep, keep um, oh, what's the word? Fresh. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. fr- fresh, would be, <laughs> fresh would be a good word. Uh, and so I try to do that every year. But, you know, you brought up something about telling stories. Uh, I kind of started that accidentally. I mean, I, I had my first show and... I didn't really know what to do between songs. I mean, this is really truthfully how it started. And so I just kind of just started talking to the audience, just saying, hey, I hope you like that one. Uh, you know, this next song is one of my favorites. And I just, it reminds me when I used to go caroling with my grandma or something. I just start talking about me and my life. And it resonated with people, especially during this time of year, because you're talking about family things, smells and sights and everything about Christmas. And pretty soon people were saying, oh, you know, we love the music, we love this, but we really like the the stories and the anecdotes you tell. And I thought, I guess that's what I am. I'm that. I'm just, you know, a guy telling stories and musically and otherwise. Well, so many of us have, have our own memories that it kind of stirs up. And and you mentioned that you, this will be your 29th, yeah, 29th concert. Yeah, which is uh, fantastic. But you talked about Christmas as, uh, or your traditional Christmas concerts being both good and bad in the sense that, yeah. you know, people, is it the same thing? And, and yet I, I push right back and say, isn't it lovely that for two or three days of the year, we can stop and say family is so important. Mm. Yeah. Um, celebrating gifts to each other, the, the, the non-materialistic gifts, sure, sure. the joy of childhood, yeah. the imagination that's involved, um, the idea that all around the world mm-hmm. there is similar messages of hope right. and redemption and celebration. Well, Dickens had it right. He's, he had the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present and future. So we all have this Christmas past that we love to go back to, the Christmas present, and then we look forward to the Christmases in the future. And I think there's something really wonderful about that. It's something... While everything else in our life changes, it's something that we can always count on. You know, I can come home. I'm this teenager. I don't want to be by my parents. But at Christmas time, I can turn back to a little kid. You mm-hmm. know, Permission nice. granted, yeah, right? Permission so. granted. So you have composed a Star Carol, mm-hmm. which will give us a chance to notice the stars yes. on the sky. Yeah. And you usually have guest performers. I How do. are you going to handle that this year? Well, I decided, uh, much like the hall, I decided to turn to Utah. This is Utah's new theater. So I decided to turn to Utahns and invite some Utah to come and join me, particularly three voices. Uh, one is a gentleman, I'm, everybody's going to know his name when I say it, because he's been with the Utah Symphony, he's been with the Tabernacle Choir. His name's Dallin Bayless, mm-hmm. and he's a wonderful, wonderful singer uh, who I've had the chance of working with. He's going is to he join a tenor? I... He's a tenor mm-hmm. who is who is probably does the most stunning version, no offense to Alfie Bow and the other guys, of Les Miserables-type songs. So I've done an arrangement of O Holy Night for him. He's performed, uh, Dallin's been performing in the traveling uh, Les Mis show, so he's he's wow. he's been around. An amazing guy. Um, By the I'm, way, that song, yeah. Oh Holy Night, mm. 
that's one of those that when the last note falls, yeah. it's almost just a moment of reverence and quiet because it's so emotionally stirring. Well, he'll be joined on that song, too. I have another female guest that's going to join with me. People won't know her name, but they will not soon forget who she is. Her name is Genevieve Christiansen, and she is a soprano that has been all around the world. Happened to settle here in Salt Lake City. She came here for the Utah Opera, and she just got into life with kids and so forth. And I've discovered her, and I said, holy smokes, you have got to join me on my show. So she's going to join me, and I'm going to have her do a duet with with the Dallin of Oh Holy Night. So you'll have her soprano yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Dallin's yeah. tenor. Yep, that, that, so that song, Oh So those Night. are two of the three Utah two voices. Two of the three, the third uh-huh. voice. Uh, and and I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you that I don't know his name other than to say he is a beautiful uh, voiced boy soprano who's going to join me. I've always loved children's voices when they're, they're the young boys that sing. And I will, I will tell you his name as soon as I find out the name. Mm-hmm. All I know, he's boy soprano who, who I heard boy and, Wonder. I, and I said, he's got to join me. So I'm doing a song called some children see him, which the premise of the song is that's it. Yeah. Some children see him bronzed and brown. Others child, uh, some children see him lily white, no matter how you see him, as long as you see him, that's important. So, and that speaks song. to you. <clears throat> You talk a lot about the commonality in the world, yeah. um, and that is that is just a value of yours. Well, I, you know, my mom and I are talking about that. I was wondering now, why is it that I'm always so concerned about people getting along? When I was a little kid, I hated confrontation. I used to run away when people get in a fight. Now my, I, I see a bigger world, but I still see fighting, and, it, and it's hard for me. So if there's anything in my show... Uh, Christmas time, obviously, it's peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's unity. It's it's uh, and it's best represented in like prayer of the children that I do. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that is the one thing that I, I strive for. And my, you know, my wife says, "Kurt, how come you, you know, how come you you have such lofty plans to Wait try?" Wait a minute. To- she has a British accent. If you're going to imitate no, her, <laughs> I, I sound terrible when I do a British accent. She refuses. No, my wife will not allow me to do a British accent. <laughs> there you um, go. Anyway, she, but she tells me. She said, "You you just seem so possessed by this, obsessed by it would be a better mm-hmm. word to 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 bring peace and unity." And I said, "I can't help it. I can't help it. It's why it's what makes me a musician. I want things to be harmonious. I want there to be." consonance and not dissonance and and i i've tried to change and be less concerned about it but but i am you know the majority of us have not had um the experiences that you had i mean you're a university graduate you also studied music um many people who study music they understand that there is such a wide variety variety of styles um of composers uh, styles of music, mm-hmm. um, not only the instruments that they're using, um, but the tempos, yeah. um, the expression. And for you to say, I could look back at the the albums, the CDs, the cassettes that I've recorded, the songs that I've written, and over and over again, the motifs mm-hmm. are are gentle. We talk about, I want to use the term lick. That's not the right. No, it's good. You know, that's, a, but, that's a hip word. Man. But, <laughs> For those that are listening, that we're not talking ice cream. Here. A lick is a little musical motif. Yeah. And, and, and you've, you've talked about how as a child, you kind of heard those in mm-hmm. your mind. Is Your mom would inspire you and say, write about that rainstorm or write yeah. about what you're seeing. Yeah. And, and it speaks to you musically. And, and that's what separates. I mean, each musician has his or her own inspiration when they see the world through that prism yeah. of, of music. Well, I, I don't, you know, I don't pretend, pretend to know where it all comes from or how it got in me or how it's in me, but I just know that that's the voice that I use. I am a talker, but I'm not very efficient in presenting my feelings that way. I'm better by saying, you know, I can tell you how much I love you, but I'm even better if you just listen to the song. Mm-hmm. Which is beautiful. So when I say, when I want to 
tell people, you know, I wish you peace on earth and goodwill to men this Christmas. It's better for me to just play the songs than to even talk. Although I do talk in my concert. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and, and that adds to some of the fun. Are we going to have the 12 Days of Christmas? If you haven't had a chance yet in all those years to see Kurt Bester's Christmas at a Bravenel Hall, there are some traditions. I see you shaking your head. One of them was the 12 Days of Christmas. Somebody would come from the audience and try to play along. Tw- yeah, actually, it's it Twas the Night. Twas the Night. Yeah, okay. Twas the Night for Christmas. And I should get it right if it's a tradition. Well, right? I, I have, I've also done 12 Days of <laughs> Christmas, but okay. that's not quite a tradition as much as Twas the Night. I, I would be skinned alive if I didn't do that in concert. People come, they sit in the front, they buy Hoping tickets. to be picked. Yeah, right? yeah. And so, no, it's, but, but I have some tricks in mind. I haven't quite. I'm still working them out. But so again, I just want to say somebody's pulled from the audience yes, for yeah. the first time. They're on mic yes. and, and then, they're reading. And I'm not faking the it. Night I'm not faking Christmas. it. I grab them. I mean, you know, you're, you people thought, oh yeah, he knows who they are. I could, they were so good. He knows. I, I do not know. And ahead of time, <laughs> I, I have stories. We don't have time to talk about now, but I have stories of picking the wrong person, but most of the time it's the right person. <laughs> I love that. Um, you have shared with us that your compositions, your musical history has been shared by so much of your family and you you have musical talent in your family. So mm-hmm. Erica will be in audience. Yeah, well, hopefully El- okay. Erica will be there. Um, this is his this daughter. This is my daughter. Tremendous alto s- voice. sings with me. She's mm-hmm. wonderful. And we've had opportunities uh, maybe about every... She sang with me last year in my final concert at Bravo Hall. I had to include her. Um, this year, she won't be joining me there, but hopefully we'll have some other opportunities at other places to perform together. Um, and I've got an older daughter who's got kids and um, she's got... Uh, Kristen. Now, Mm-hmm. Kristen and Kristen's son is playing the trumpets. Like, like uh, I was going to say, how many generations does that go back? If he's well, it'll the be trumpet? it'll be the fourth generation. Yeah, my wow. great grandpa, uh, grandpa played trumpet, and my dad played trumpet. I played trumpet, and now Will, my uh, I was going to say grand grandson. It's hard for me to say grandson or grandfather. I, I, I he, they call me Babu. Which is Swahili for grandfather. So it I, hides it. There's very few people who I speak Swahili that know what I Babu means. <laughs> I can't say grandpa yet. I can't. I know. I know. I wear it with pride, but still. But anyway, yeah. It's uh, you know, family. It's genetically, I come by music. Um, on both on both sides of the family, mostly my dad's side. I mean, that's kind of where it genetically comes from. My mom, though, is a very creative person, and and she still to this day uh, has never missed a concert. I, I was going to say that for those yeah. of you who are unaware, uh, family is still such a huge part of your life. I've had the chance to go in the green room to go behind it, and there's mom and dad. Year after year, yeah. show after show. Dad had some health problems uh, last year and was not able to make every show. And I said, Dad, look, I do the same show for four nights in a row. And I said, so just come one night, maybe two. And that works. Oh, here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm answering the phone on air. How professional. <laughs> I was thinking that you said, there you are, that maybe that was your dad. <laughs> well, wouldn't that have been, been great? Hey, Dad, how are you? I'm on the air. Don't call me again. Nice. I want to ask you again, because I mentioned for those who are going to experience this for the first time, at the Eccles Center, a Kurt Bester Christmas, there will be a few hundred who haven't had a chance to ever see this show. Um, I mentioned it's like a smorgasbord, but you have how many members approximately on stage with you? Because it's quite an orchestra. Yeah, I have, a, I think, about 30 people on stage, all told. Um, this year, we're, we were not using a bell choir like I did last year, which upped it by about 50. Right. But, um, you know, I've got my band. So there's kind of the, the core band around me, which we call the Kerbester and the Collective. And then, uh, then I also have string players around and woodwind players and brass players. And then, of course, when I bring all the the soloists out, the uh, the you know Genevieve and uh, Dallin and boy soprano yet 
uh, on yet to be announced. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, when I get them all out there, yeah, we'll have thirty plus people, and and it does uh, have different textures, different sounds, and I love that because there's sometimes where I'll just play piano, other times where I bring in a cello. A lot of times we have everybody. It just allows me to paint with different colors and different brushes. You and, know? and you play multiple instruments throughout the concert. Yeah. I, I, obviously, for me, yeah. one of the most powerful moments is when you're on. It's not a horn, French horn. It's flugelhorn. It's a flugelhorn. Yes. I will. I will play that, and that's another one of those things that has become a bit of a, of a tradition. Is you know the flugelhorn. It's it's like a trumpet for those that don't know what it is, but it's it's like a trumpet. And I doing play it on several different numbers. Uh, harmonica. I also play. I'll play trumpet this year on a little jazzier number, and then of course the big uh, ten foot four fazioli. Um, I'll be playing. So. Oh, fazioli. That's a piano. It's not for yeah, a minute. It's, I was no, thinking it's not, Italian food. Yeah, I, I knew. I knew it. No, it's not something with tomato sauce. It's just the world's finest piano, worth two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Which uh, that's why I don't own one. I just rent it. Mm-hmm. The fazioli. The fazioli. But yeah, I do. I. I but you know, there's so many styles. You're saying some of these Christmas arrangements mm-hmm. um, echo to me of of classical romantic yeah, period yeah. pieces. And and then you do take us um, through, and, and you were saying some do have uh, elements of jazz. Yeah, I, I improv think, and, and, and mm-hmm. people always struggle with that. My manager says, now, what, you know, what are you? What style? What, what station are we supposed to find you on? And I said, you know, I don't know because I can't, I can't just embrace one style. I, I love classical music, but not, you know, 100% all the time. So I like jazz, but I like to mix them. And then, you know, I've got a Cuban bass player, and so I do a little music from Cuba. And, and, and sometimes it's all of the above together shaken up with a good dose of Bester. And it's just kind of, that's, I don't know what style it is. It's me. Yeah, it's I, me. I say it's a celebration of music yeah. and musical instruments and, and compositions. It's beautiful. It's called A Kurt Bester's Christmas, the yeah. 29th year, but the first year at the Eccles Center. I know that there's just a couple of performing nights yeah, we're in Salt Lake City. Yeah, the 15th through the 17th, four nights. Uh, one matinee on Saturday at the beautiful, brand new Eccles Theater. It is exquisite. So where do we get tickets this year? Tickets you get at arttix.org, okay. just like normal. A-R-T-T-X.org. As an I-X. I-X, mm-hmm. yes, dot org. And, uh, and yeah, so I, you know, it's fun. People always ask me, uh, they say, oh, your tickets are so expensive. I said, you know what? They're really not. The lowest ticket is 20 bucks, And that's like hardly go to a movie for that. So, right. uh, and in this new theater... Virtually every seat is kind of a winning seat. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Between now and then, I just need to salute you because you're not just at home composing and arranging Christmas music. Throughout the year, some really big performers that are not only recording music and performing it, you are behind the scenes producing, writing, and composing. Yeah, well, Jenny Oaks Baker, yeah. David Archuleta. Right? And then guys from, mm-hmm. and I just had an opportunity to work with Megan, uh, or not sorry, Megan, uh, Kelly O'Hara, who's an award-winning uh, from Broadway. And uh, I mean, these names mm-hmm. are, are known in Broadway. I've just had an opp- a great opportunity this year to work with someone. Uh, Amy Grant, I worked with her, um, was able to conduct for her. Uh, Michael W. Smith. It's been a fun, fun year. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, man for does all not that. live by Christmas music alone. No, but for those of us who really want to celebrate the beauty, the spirit, and uh, the tradition of Christmas, it's a new tradition for us. A Kurt Bester Christmas coming to the Eccles Theater. And Kurt, thank you so much. Um, your website? Website, KurtBester.com. We can find you on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Uh, like me. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram and, and all that jazz. It Twitter. really does. I love how you take us inside uh, uh, your life. It's really beautiful. It's goofy. Thank you for your years, your 29 (laughs) years of helping us celebrate the magic and the beauty of Christmas. A Kurt Vester Christmas coming our way. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.